Okay, I'm going to have to keep myself from just bursting into tears. <laughs> like, what was I thinking choosing that video? Um, yeah, it's an awesome video, isn't it? <laughs> All right, um, I'm Holly Barnett, and so I'm one of the mentor moms here um, at The Nest. And so before I introduce my family, I have a plug, the next slide, for the um, Watermark Family Ministries blog, and Allison Treadaway wrote the one this week, and it's actually about that thing that the video was over, which is the days are really long, but uh, the years are really short. So if you have a chance, a little downtime, uh, you'll be blessed by it. So, all right, let's dive in. Let me show you a picture of my family. All right, this is my family. Uh, that's my husband, David. We've been married for 29 years. Uh, 30 in April, and we have two kids, uh, Emily and Daniel. So Daniel is the fellow on the, in the blue shirt next to David. He is 21. He's a senior at Baylor. And then um, that's our daughter, Emily. She's 23, and she graduated from uh, college, University of Alabama, in May. And she is now pursuing her master's in um, clinical mental health counseling. And she recently moved to New York City, which y'all are going to get to hear about in a few minutes. And that fellow next to her is her fiance. That's Benson Moore. So I don't know if y'all know Doug and Jill. They go to Watermark. And uh, Jill was a mentor mom here with us at the Nest. And uh, the Nest Leadership Girls uh, laughed that we had like a Nest love connection, um, which we really didn't because they knew each other before that. But anyway, that's their engagement picture. They um, got engaged in the spring and they're getting married in June. So we have a lot of fun, exciting things going on in our family. So you're probably like, why is this lady here? Like she's way older than us. Like she doesn't have a baby. She doesn't have a preschooler. But in my mind, it wasn't that long ago where I was exactly where you ladies are. And so when you hear people say, um, yeah, the days are long, but the years are short, I'm People don't make that up. People tell you that for a reason. Um, and I remember um, when we first got married, we lived in Atlanta. Uh, my husband is a, is a surgeon, and so we lived in Atlanta because that's where he did his training. And I uh, was a trial attorney, so that was, our, that was our life. I practiced law. He was a surgeon. Then we had Emily. I went back to work briefly, and then we moved back to Dallas for him to start practice. And um, by then, I was pregnant with Daniel, and so I'm kind of like, I've had this life where like had an office and a secretary and I got to wear real clothes and I got to go to lunch with people and I had adult conversations. And then when we moved back to Dallas, all of that came to a, just a screeching halt. But thankfully, my good friend, Elizabeth Tamlin, who's also a mentor mom here at the Nest said, hey, I'm going to sign you up for MOPS so that when you move back to Dallas, you know, you can come with me and you can meet other moms. And, it, and I was so thankful she did because that really, when I say it saved my life, it did. So I had gone from this corporate world where like, if you like stayed home to raise kids, like something was wrong with you. Like you're wasting your education. Why would you do that? What do you do all day? And I'm like, I got a shower. Like uh, we went to the grocery store and there people like, they just had no clue what you're talking about. So to come back to Dallas and I had Mops, and it was just similar if you've ever done mops, it's similar to this. You have tables, you're surrounded by other moms. I'm like, 
these women are smart. They're not like losers like everybody told me. Like, they're, they're great. They want to like raise their kids. And David and I decided it's like, a, neuro, he's a, neuro, a neurosurgeon and a trial attorney as parents is not a good, is not a conducive environment to raise children. So it was like, hung up my shingle, stayed home, never looked back. But MOPS was great. It had older women who poured into us and said, what you're doing is important. It matters. I know you're tired, but you know, this is what the Lord has for you. And so I knew when my kids got older that, that this is where I wanted to serve. So I've been around, the nest used to be called building blocks, if anybody's Probably no one in this room is old enough to remember that. <laughs> but um, so about, Allison, so about 13 years ago, I started serving as a mentor mom. And my heart really is just, if I can tell one person, hang in there, good job, what you're doing is important, then, then that's what I'm here for. I just want you, I just want you to know that because sometimes the world doesn't tell you that. So that's why I'm here. Also want to let you know that uh, this talk has been like a labor of love. I told Allison, I feel like I've birthed a baby doing this talk, and you're like, why? Well, she asked me in the spring if I would speak, and I said yes, and then I started working on it in June. It kind of had these aha, oh, this is where I want to go with this. I called Allison. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, okay, great. So I worked on it a little bit, you know, because I knew summer was going to be busy, and then um, all of a sudden, my computer quit syncing to my printer, so I rebooted my computer. Well, I forgot to save my document. So, yeah, you know, if you don't save your document, it doesn't save. <laughs> and so I lost my talk, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm, I'm teachable. Okay, Lord, you know, what do you want me to say? Start the whole thing again. And then um, I went to help Emily move to New York, and I, had, I took my laptop with me because I'm like, I've got all this time on the plane ride there and back that I can work on this. Well, I'm walking down the aisle of the plane and people are like, you have water coming out your bag. There's water coming out your bag. And I'm like, I get to my seat and the whole water bottle has opened on my laptop. So like, okay, teachable moment. Like, I'm not going to panic. I will start over. And so my community girls laugh. They're like, I hope that you're teaching on patience because I think that's what the Lord is trying to teach you. But all this to say that where I started in June and where I ended up, I'm completely convinced now all of those things happened so that the Lord would be like, hey, this is what I want you to say. So I tell you that because this talk it's been prayed over, thought over. We do rehearsals. Other people have heard it. And so if I say something today that you're like, mm, why'd she say that? Or that kind of bothers me or whatever. Please come find me afterwards. Like, come, come talk to me. Don't go home and camp on it and stew on it and then send me, send me an email in six months. Just come find me. I'd love to, I'd love to know if there's something that, that you want to you wanna, uh, unpack. The other thing I want to tell you is this talk, it's for all moms. It's for stay-at-home moms. It's for working moms. It's for moms who have adopted kids, people who are fostering. Um, it's for all moms. All right. The other part is when you talk, you have to kind of look for some sort of like, I need a cute story or I need something to, um, you know, to inter introduce what I'm going to say. And so as I'm in the middle of all my computer issues and doing the talk again, I took a break and I looked at Instagram and up popped this, um, this feed. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And oh, it's from Jill Garcia. I love Jill. She's always so authentic and transparent. Let me see. Um, 
what's going on. And just a plug, you're going to get to hear from Jill, who's one of our nest table leaders, and at the end of our of my talk. Um, but so when I saw Jill's Instagram and I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my introduction. So here's what it says. Summer day infinity. I'm just going to say it. I am done. Finito. Monday can't come quick enough. So this is the right before school starts. I'm laughing about our afternoon evening because if I don't, I'll probably cry. Quaker Oats, today you were the last straw for this mama. Oh, I read all about you and how you have all that glyphosate, however you say it. Monsanto could dream of nestled into each oat. And so today when I passionately grabbed you from the cover to toss you into the trash, you didn't like it. So you decided to rebel. And this was your response all over my floor, all three shelves of my cabinet. Mind you, this picture is after cleaning halfway through. It also happened while I was cooking dinner, wiping Gabe and Maddie's noses because they each have a cold, and Asher and Caleb chasing each other around the house with Nerf guns and baby Einstein on in the background. Oh, and Daddy is out of town on business. Overwhelmed would be a blatant understatement. This is the good part. The Lord in his kindness showed up, softened my heart, and reminded me yet again that I am his, and that he cares when I feel overwhelmed and unproductive. He also reminded me tonight, after multiple rounds of snuggles for a snotty, can't-breathe baby, that when I pray for him to comfort her and fill her with his peace, that I am that comfort and peace for her in the most tangible way possible. What a gift that is. So grateful he loves her more than I could ever fathom and humbled that I get to be a part of her story. Hashtag sobbing now. And so when I read that, I commented, I was like, and this is the gift of motherhood. So it was, it was just perfect. Um, all right, I have some questions for y'all. So this is a interact, the interactive part of the talk. Um, who got eight hours of uninterrupted sleep last night? <laughs> Nobody. Oh, one person over here. Yay, good for you. <laughs> Everybody find her afterwards and find out what her secret is. <laughs> Okay, um, how many of you got to have a long, quiet time this morning with coffee and Jesus and no interruptions? Okay, you're going to have to tell us your secret. You must have gotten up like a four, I think. Um, all right, how many of you got a way to go mom high five from your kiddos this morning? <laughs> Nobody. Okay, who feels like they really have it all together this morning? All right, you're in good company. Welcome to the gift of motherhood. So I start here today because motherhood, it, it's a gift, but it, it, it matters, yet it requires our, uh, it refines us and it requires our focus and our trust. So let's talk about um, the gifts because this is really important. Jill talked about um, what a gift it was that she was able to comfort Maddie. Um, and then Webster says, that a gift is something voluntarily transferred by one person to another without compensation. So that means you don't pay for it. It's free. The Bible tells us that every good and perfect gift is from above coming down like heavenly lights. That's James 1, 17. And the Bible also tells us repeatedly how all children are a gift from God. Psalm 127, 3 says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. So ladies, every single life, 
Every single child is a reward and blessing. Whether they're bringing you pride and joy or whether they are teaching you how to be more patient and forgiving or humbling you or throwing a fit or whatever, they're all still a, a reward and a blessing and a gift from God. And they're the source for the growth of his kingdom here on earth. So children are a gift. They're not a burden. They are not a distraction keeping you from doing something else or something better. So raising these kids is what God has given you time to do. But we know that all gifts, and especially these precious angels that we have, do not come without challenges. So what we're going to do today is talk about the challenges that you have in motherhood. And my first area is motherhood matters. So what you are doing matters. So if, if you don't, if you leave here today and you don't hear anything else, what you're doing matters. It is important. I wanted to, to uh, look at like some kind of description that talked about all the things mothers do. And y'all have probably seen the one before where it talks about if you got paid for everything you do, you'd make like $200,000 a year. Um, but I love this one, especially for those of you that have little biddies. A description of a mom's job. Title, mother, also known as mom, mama, mommy. And sometimes it's mommy, 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 mommy. Uh, term of contract, until you die. <laughs> Salary, none, unless you count heavenly rewards, in which case they are infinite and eternal. Working hours, depends on how much your children like to sleep. On average, you can expect your day to start at about 6.30 a.m. and conclude by 8.30 p.m. However, you will continue to be on call throughout the night, and you have a child under the age of one, you can expect at least two periods of active duty between the hours of 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. Work is required seven days per week, 365 days per year. There is no vacation time or sick leave built into your role, so please don't get sick, ever. Um, all right, desired qualities and skills. Seeking a loving, nurturing, compassionate individual must be able to tolerate sounds of up to 500 decibels, approximately the same loudness of a train whistle for prolonged periods of time. Applicants should have a strong familiarity with all children's programming on PBS and Nickelodeon. If you can sing the theme songs to Blue's Clues, Sesame Street, Dory the Explorer, and Bob the Builder, then you're on the right track. Ability to speak and understand a foreign language, i.e. baby sign or toddler ease, is also highly desired. You must be able to operate at full capacity on five hours of sleep per night, and you should be able to act cheery when your darlings wake you up at 4.30 a.m. Applicants should be high energy and ready to conquer the world. Applicants should possess an immense amount of patience. This will come in handy for cases of your children whining, complaining, crying for no reason, and tattletaling will also be helpful when you are cleaning up spilled milk or Cheerios or oatmeal for the hundredth time in a day. Background and training in the following areas are strongly desired. Teaching, cooking, laundry services, especially stain removal, taxi driving, juggling, balancing acts, pastoral and counseling services, crowd management, CPR and first responder, EMT, brain surgery, and rocket science. Job description and duties to perform. With little or no training for this job, applicants must fill many roles. Your duties will initially include feeding, bathing, changing diapers, dressing, snuggling, and spying on your adorable child while they're sleeping. As your child grows, you will be required to attend to additional responsibilities. These responsibilities include, but are not limited to, 
teaching, guiding, disciplining, encouraging, helping, supporting, coaching, respecting, protecting, scheduling, talking with and listening to, hugging, laughing, and loving your child. Benefits, butterfly kisses, a full heart, a happy disposition, a rewarding life, and lots and lots of love. That, that's where y'all are. All right, I want every, everybody that's not holding a baby strapped to them, stand up. Okay, I want to congratulate you. You're here and you're dressed in like real clothes. Uh, you made it on time to hear the talk. You want to be a better mom. Good job. Yay. Okay, y'all can sit down now. Um, all right, is this a hard job? Yes. If somebody told you it wasn't hard, they're not very credible. Uh, do you really get all the credit that you deserve for what you're doing? No, and you probably never will. Do you wonder if you'll ever see fruit coming from what you're doing? Of course you do. So why, why do you think older people stop you and tell you how time flies and enjoy the stage of life you're in? And they usually do it when you're like at the store and people are having meltdown and they're like, oh, sweetie, this is so, the best time of life. And, you know, it goes by so fast. And you're like, she's just forgotten what this is like. So why do you think when people post stuff on like Instagram or Facebook, first day of school pictures, and people keep commenting, I can't believe they're old enough to go to kindergarten, or I can't believe they're going to elementary school or first grade or whatever. It's like, why do you think people comment on, on people's posts when it's like, I can't believe they're old enough to drive a car or to get married or, you know, go to college or whatever. It's like, it's because it's true, ladies. All these people that make those comments, they know what it's like to say the days are long and the years are short. It's just, a, it's a season that you're in. So it is hard, but it's so important. And you just have to, just have to bear with it and, um, and enjoy where you are. And I want to, I'm going to tell you a story to kind of illustrate this. And I told you I got to move Emily to New York in August. We have some pictures Okay, so these are my little dumplings. Um, that's Daniel going into first grade, and that's Emily going into second grade. And you're like, can she find any younger pictures? But all my pictures before, like, age seven are all still in boxes in the top of a closet. <laughs> it's free digital. Um, but anyway, that's in little. And then this was in the spring when Emily got engaged. a little engagement party, and Daniel came home. So that's them now. And then we have the next picture. This is us with all our bags. And we're moving her to New York. And there she's in front of her apartment with her roommate in New York. And then we get there. And then this is her apartment, which we just, you'll know, you can completely do an apartment in New York with Ikea, Amazon, Walmart, and Wayfair, all sight unseen and on a budget. And so that's how we did it. And then this is her bedroom, which that literally is almost the whole room. You can walk around the bed and that's about it. So why am I telling you this? So I told my husband before um, I left, we kind of, we had a busy summer. We did a bunch of wedding planning and we'd been really busy. And I hadn't really focused on the fact that my baby girl is moving to New York City. It's like, that should just, unless you've lived in New York or you're from New York, like us Southerners, it's like, that is the big city. Like, oh my gosh. So I hadn't really camped on the fact that she was moving so far away. 
And I told him, I'm like, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to be a mess when I get back. I really haven't had a chance to process all this and just kind of, and I'm usually not an emotional person, but I could just tell that, that this was going to be one of those kind of, you know, uh, monumental monumental things. So we got to New York we, with all our bags and loaded all those bags in a taxi and trying to unload them and people are honking and it's just crazy. We're doing all this stuff. So we get there, we unpack all the um, Amazon and Ikea stuff, which like that in and of itself, I'm not an instruction reader, so that was just a challenge just to actually get the stuff put together. But nonetheless, we do it. And so I'm, I'm there to, to help. And all of a sudden I realize it's like, I'm really not that helpful. Like she completely has this under control. Like she knows, like she knows how she wants things organized. She know she knows where she wants things to go. She's making lists of what we need to go buy. She's, you know, organizing the kitchen and doing all this stuff. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I've worked myself out of a job. And it, and it was like this bittersweet thing of like, wow. I, in some ways, you're like, you're kind of sad, like, oh, I know, was, she, was she still going to need me? But then on the other hand, I'm like, this is exactly what you raised them for. You raised them so they can grow up and be independent. And she loves the Lord. And it was just such a sweet, such a sweet thing. And then the fact that she's getting married, like now I'm like, I'm not worried about her setting up her house. Like, she'll be fine. Like, she may need me, but not like I thought she did. And so instead of getting on the plane like a blubbering mess and coming home and, and falling apart, I got on the plane. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Like, I, I feel peace and comfort now that she's, she's good and she's got this. And this is the right, the right season for this to happen. And so it was just such a blessing to be able to see that full circle. And... I, I tell you that, and I don't want you to think, oh, wow, the easy street, everything was just smooth. No, we had plenty of time where we got the cart in the ditch or, you know, different things. When Emily was young, she was in three schools in three different years. She had a learning difference. Like, yeah, no, we had our own set of challenges. Um, but you, you do get to see fruit, but in the proper time. And so that was where I saw fruit on that trip to New York, and it was just a sweet blessing. But I want to encourage you in this. Um, Galatians 6, 9, which was our main verse for last year, do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So the days are long, the years are short. Don't lose sight of that. And I love, um, I don't know about y'all, but like I can remember words to songs like I haven't heard in a super long time, which is kind of frightening. Then you're like, I can't remember why I walked in the kitchen to get something, but I can remember lyrics to songs. And so I thought it might be helpful for y'all to have some songs that you could camp on to help re remind you about the stage of life. And so my song for this is... Um, Trace Atkins, you're going to miss this. It's country music, if you like country music. And the lyrics are, you're going to miss this. You're going to want this back. You're going to wish these days hadn't gone by so fast. These are some good times, so take a look around. You may not know it now, but you're going to miss this. And I, and I say it's like, you might not miss every moment, but you're going to miss it. All right, our next section is Motherhood Refines. Motherhood is not about us. We are all just a tool in God's hands. We were created for him, 
And God uses motherhood to refine us, to grow us, to humble us, and to teach us. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepares in advance for us to do. So if we could do this motherhood thing alone, then Christ didn't need to come. You can't mother in your own strength. So we need to be rescued from ourselves because apart from Christ, we're sinners, we're selfish, we're angry, we're bitter, and we're tired. But because of Christ's strength and the fact that it's perfect through our weakness, we're free to lose the pretense that we're self-sufficient moms and that we've got it all together. So if you've been around here for any length of time, you've heard Jonathan Pakluta, JP, talk. And uh, one of his great quotes, which I love, is, if dependence upon Christ is the goal, then weakness is the advantage. And I get an amen? Amen. All right. Um, so, so many areas are refined in motherhood. Um, you have, if you've been a mother for very long, you realize how the Lord uses that to work on you. But today I want to focus on three on humility, worry, and comparison. So um, is there anybody in here who hasn't been humbled as a mother? All right, good. Because I started to say, if that's the case, you probably have like a two-day-old. Motherhood humbles you. It just does. Uh, Motherhood reminds you that God is in control and that you are not. The easiest way to get humbled in motherhood is to make your own plans and then see what happens. Um, I had a very humbling thing happen to me when my kids were little. This was um, before Amazon when you actually still had to go to the actual store to buy things. And so I took them both to Sam's, which as anybody knows, when you have any children with you at Sam's is a struggle. But I had two, and they're close in age. And so I decided if if you put two kids in the actual cart, then you can't buy anything because they take up the whole space. So I decided I'd put Daniel in the cart and then I would let Emily walk. So they were probably two and four or three and five or whatever. So you're probably like, why in the world would she think she could walk through Sam's with a four-year-old? But I did, we needed stuff. And so I'm like, stay by the cart. I turn around to put paper towels or toilet paper. And I remember it was that because we were way in the back of Sam's where they keep that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden I turn around and I'm like, where's Emily? Like, oh my gosh, where's Emily? So if you've ever lost a child in a store, you understand the panic where you're like, oh my gosh, where's my child? And you're like, so you're vacillating between like, I can't believe she didn't obey. Why, where is she? And like, oh my gosh, what happened to her? And so I'm looking around for it and all of a sudden I hear this. Will the mother of a small child in a pink shirt and brown hair please come to the front of the store? You're like, oh my gosh. And like scoot the cart all the way to the front of the store. And I'm thinking like, I'm, I'm so thankful that you didn't get kidnapped and you're okay, but I'm so angry that you didn't obey me. Then I'm like, what am I going to say to these people at the front of the store? And I'm like, I'm going to tell them they're my sister's kids, (laughs) which is pretty funny because I'm an only child. So um, anyway, yeah. So I get Emily, we get in the cart. So like, that is my, that is just one of many humiliating stories of motherhood, But, but motherhood humbles you. And I think, you know, sometimes we all need to be taken down a notch or two. So just think of it as, as God's way of getting your attention. 
And now that she's 23, I can totally laugh about it. I told her I was going to tell the story. And she goes, you went around the aisle for me. I didn't know where you went. And I'm like, oh, I don't think that was the way it went down. But anyway, um, yeah, we can laugh about it now. All right, the other, uh, one of the other things um, that refines us in motherhood is comparison. So Teddy Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. The Bible tells us the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. That's John 10, 10. So I ask you, who are you comparing yourself to? If you're looking on Facebook, Instagram, any kind of social media, or even like, you know, you run into somebody, your friends, or you're at the playground or whatever, are you comparing yourself to the mom who's just had the giant blowout diaper? Or the mom who got no sleep last night? Or the mom in Target whose kids are like laying on the floor pitching a fit? No, we compare ourselves to uh, the people that are talking about their vacation or posting pictures of, of vacation. We're, we're comparing ourselves to the moms who've posted a family picture where everybody is like in the matching outfits, they're clean, and they're all looking at the camera. Uh, we're comparing ourselves to the mom who's posting the picture of going on a date night. So if, if you have a struggle with comparison, if you look at a picture like that and it takes you to a dark place, then I would encourage you to take a break from that. And so I have an, have an example. So I have a friend who every single Friday afternoon, her husband brings her fresh flowers. And not only, he doesn't just like walk in the door with like one of those uh, bouquets at Tom Thumb with the plastic wrap. Like he arranges them like in a vase and stuff. And every Friday she posts this picture. And so when it initially started, she started posting these pictures. I'm like, oh my gosh, when was the last time I got flowers? David never brings me flowers. Wow, what a great husband he is. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you're doing exactly what you tell these young moms not to do, which is to compare. And so now I look at the pictures and I'm like, that's awesome. That must be his love language and that really fills her up. And David has lots of other great qualities. And truthfully, if he walked in with a vase of arranged flowers, I would fall over. So um, that's just the deal. Like if you have something like that that really gets you like avoid it or take a break from it or just come up with a little thing to talk yourself off the ledge about why comparison isn't, isn't leading you in the right direction. All right, one of the, the other big struggle I think for moms is worry. So in motherhood, you can worry about all sorts of things. So I would ask you, what are you worrying about today? Or maybe what are you not worrying about today? The world gives us plenty of reasons to worry, but God gives us plenty of reasons to trust. So in motherhood, I would say worry, worry is kind of the acceptable sin. Oh, I'm worried he didn't sleep through the night. I'm worried we might be getting an ear infection. I'm worried that he's not sitting up yet. I'm worried. And then it just like, it can just take you all the way. I'm like, he can't tie his shoes. He doesn't know the alphabet. Like we're in the last math group. Like, oh my gosh, where will we go to school? When, you know, it just goes on and on and on. But we know from Scripture that we aren't supposed to worry. And this is a great passage, Luke 12, uh, 22, 31. Some of you know the similar story from Matthew. Uh, then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. 
For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than the birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. So we don't need to feel out of control if we know who's in control. So think about this. Did Jesus worry? We don't see any evidence of that in Scripture. So Jesus didn't worry, and he doesn't want us to worry either. If anyone had a reason to worry, it was Jesus, but he didn't. Jesus could have worried about the Pharisees, but he chose to work around them. And Jesus could have worried about leaving his disciples, but he called them to service anyway. And he could have worried about leaving his mom, Mary, but he simply entrusted her to his best friend. Jesus could have worried about all of us, but he died for us instead. I know um, a lot of y'all are up in the middle of the night for a variety of reasons. And um, I think the middle of the night is the perfect time instead of worrying about things or what's on your to-do list to pray. Like turn those those thoughts into prayer and to, and to give thanks and be thankful for what you have to God. And so my song for this is from one of my very favorite Christmas movies, White Christmas. If you haven't seen it, you should. Um, and it's a part where uh, Rosemary Clooney is having a hard time sleeping and she walks into the, to the inn and there's Bing Crosby and he sings to her. And here's what he says. When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep. And I fall asleep counting my blessings. When my bankroll is getting small, I think of when I had none at all, and I fall asleep counting my blessings. And if you really want the full effect, you should get look at the YouTube video of it because it's just classic. Um, and I decided I was not going to sing to y'all because that would be terrifying. Um, all right, our next point is motherhood focuses on what matters. So this is a biggie, ladies. You're raising the next generation of Christ followers. If we don't raise the next generation of Christ followers, who will? So this job belongs to us. It doesn't belong to the church. It doesn't belong to coaches. It doesn't belong to the school, even if it's Christian school. You can't farm out this job. This is your job to do. I love this quote from Abraham Lincoln. A child is a person who is going to carry on what you have started. He will assume control of your cities, states, and nations. He is going to move in and take over your churches, schools, universities, and corporations. The fate of humanity is in his hands. So think about that. So the people that are in charge now were somebody's kids one day. Your kids are gonna be in their shoes in the future. So this is your job. So how, so how do you do this? How do you raise this next generation? You passionately pursue Christ. And if you're married, you passionately pursue your spouse. 
you have a plan to do this and you're present. And by present, I don't mean in the room on your phone. I mean present. Uh, you model, you train, you pray, and you trust. You have to live it out. You can't just tell them, oh, I'm a Christ follower. They need to see you being a fully devoted follower of Christ. So ask yourself, is my walk authentic? Is it active? Is it attractive? And so a great way for the stage you're in to model uh, your following Christ is to serve. And in motherhood, you have endless opportunities to serve. So we know from Matthew 10, 45, uh, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Christ was a servant leader. He didn't come here to, to have people wait on him. Um, he came to serve. So give your life for your kids like Jesus did on the cross. And do I mean literally? No, but you might have to one day. But no, do that in the every in the every day. So you don't have to be in the role of mom long enough to know, like I said, you have plenty of opportunities uh, to serve and that it involves a lot of self-sacrifice. You lose sleep, you lose showers, you lose your clean house, you lose your alone time, you lose your adult conversations. Um, while you're serving these little ones, but you can't, you can't just serve and then walk around crumbling, grumbling and whining and complaining and, you know, in a, in a sour mood for what you're doing. You need to serve and with a cheerful spirit and lay down your resentment about the dishes, the laundry, and how no one knows how hard you're working. And I said it earlier, nobody's going to really, unless like the moms around you understand where you are, but other people aren't going to know how hard you're working. So you need to just realize that's never going to happen and just, and just move on. But no, your kids are watching. They're just not watching what you're doing. They're watching how you're doing it. Um, so your job at this stage is to train them. And we know from Deuteronomy 11 that the teaching and training, it's a full-time job. That passage says, Teach them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. It's a 24-7 it's a job. It's not like, oh, we're going to have an hour of quality time tonight. It's a quantity time job. And when you're doing this, you're doing this as their parent, not as their friend. So I'm just going to say, ladies, your job at this stage of life is to not, not to be your, your kid's friend. It's to be their parent. My stage of life, when I have a 23-year-old, we can be friends. And we can do fun things that friends get, get to do together. But at the end of the day, I'm still her mom and she's still my daughter. So that relationship has some overlap when they get older. But when you're little, it's not that way. So I heard um, Serena Williams has been in the news a lot recently for a lot of reasons. And about two weeks ago when she won a match, they were interviewing her about her daughter and did she like motherhood? And was she looking forward to her daughter turning two? And she was like, yes, I can't wait for her to turn two. We're best friends. And she sleeps with me every night. And I love that she's my best friend. And I'm like, you have never had a two-year-old before, have you? Like, uh, no, like being best friends with a two-year-old when you're supposed to be their parent is not a good plan. So be the parent, not the best friend. And ultimately, your goal in this and raising the next generation of Christ followers is to get a well, well done from your heavenly father. It's not to get the high five, you're the best mom. 
And my, my song for this um, was played at a, a wedding we went to recently. It was the song that the groom danced with his mom to. So I'm on like high alert for wedding stuff. But when this song queued up and I had heard it before, I was over there just boo-hooing. And my husband was like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, this is the sweetest song I've ever heard. All right, so here's the lyrics. It's called Find Your Wings by Mark Harris. All right, I'm going to keep it together. It's only for a moment you are mine to hold. The plans that heaven has for you will all too soon unfold. So many different prayers I'll pray for all that you might do. But most of all, I'll want to know you're walking in the truth. And if I've never told you, I want you to know as I watch you grow, I pray that God would fill your heart with dreams and that faith gives you the courage to dare to do great things. I'm here for you, whatever this life brings. So let my love give you roots and help you find your wings. Ah, so sad, sweet. All right, our last point is motherhood requires trust. So we, we have all we need to do this job. You don't need special tools. You don't need to read blogs, although I think they can be awesome. Um, but you have everything you need for this job because of what of Christ did for us. And if you, if you don't get this part, then the rest of this talk is going to be pointless for you. You need Christ to be able to mother, to enjoy the gift of motherhood. So God created us for his glory. We talked about that earlier. We're his handiwork. But we've all sinned and fallen short of that glory. And therefore, you can go to the next slide. We deserve eternal punishment. But God in his mercy sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to provide a way for sinners, the way of eternal life. That's the bridge. And eternal life, this is the coolest part. Eternal life is a free gift. We have another gift, a free gift to all who trust in Christ as their Lord and Savior. So if you've never heard this before, like if you're looking at this and you've never seen it, you don't understand, please, 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 please don't leave here without talking to somebody. Find me, find any of the gals in the blue shirt. We'll be happy to talk to you. Um, and if you've heard this story before, but you've never acted on it, you've never accepted this free gift of salvation, please talk to somebody. You need Christ in motherhood. You cannot do it alone. You can't do it in your own strength. So we, we have Christ. We have his word. So how, how, do you, how do you develop this trust in him? You have to spend time to get to know him. And I know that's challenging for you in your stage of life that you're in. And when I, I bring Jill up in a little bit, she's going to talk about how she does it with four kids and a, and a baby. Um, you have to spend time with him to know him. Just like if you want to develop a relationship with a, another person, you have to spend time with them to get to know him. You have to apply what you know. You can't just have the head knowledge. You have to transfer it to your heart and act upon it. And you have to pray for the help that you need. It's like, like I said, use those middle of the night hours to turn, turn that time into prayer time. Um, and the other thing is you must trust and I love the next uh, illustration. I love when scripture is put with images because I just think it just, in my mind, it just helps me remember it. And I really I love this one. 
and it is Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. But blessed be the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. So you have to trust. But motherhood isn't about being mom enough. It's about God being God enough. You can go to the next slide. This is a great equation for those of us that like those kind of images. Uh, mom, never enough, plus God, infinitely enough, equals mom enough. And my, uh, the last song that I have for this section is um, Awesome God by Hillsong United. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. So if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, well, that's all great, but you know, I, I have problems she doesn't know about or my problems are really big or whatever, and you're still wondering if God is big enough for everything you're going through, watch this video. You don't have it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you, some of you probably seen it. It's an awesome video called That's My King. And it's this guy with this big, deep, burly voice going through talking about how awesome God is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if they can find it while I'm talking to Jill. But um, God's got this, ladies. He's big enough for anything you've got. Um, so motherhood's a gift. It matters. You matter. What you're doing matters. It refines us. It requires our focus and our trust. And so now I'm going to bring up Jill Garcia, and we're going to put a little real-life application into what we talked about. And so uh, backstory, I, I knew Jill's husband before I knew Jill because he used to come work on our computers. And so when they got married and started having kids, it was kind of a natural fit to, to want to get to know Jill because I knew Aaron. And then I've seen her serve, and like I said, I follow her on social media, and I love that her pictures are not like vacay, family pictures, date nights. It's like, I mean, she picks, she does some of that, but she also does authentic, this is real life. And so I knew, and because of her family dynamics, I knew she was the perfect person to talk to y'all today. Yeah. Well, no, you can just leave it. I'll just put it in there. Okay, that's great. It's, 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 oh, all right. Okay. All right. Welcome, Jill. Hello. There we go. <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't okay. on. <laughs> okay. All right. Tell us about your family. So I think they have a picture, hopefully, of my people. Um, that's my husband, Aaron. We have been married for... 14 years um, this past August, and I have Caleb, who's in the red striped shirt. He is nine. Asher, in the blue, just turned eight. Gabe, down at the bottom in my lap, is almost five. And then Maddie, our little surprise blessing, is um, almost nine months. So I'm nervous. I'm so sorry. I do not have the gift of speaking in front of people, so I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Okay. 
Deep, deep breath. You're talking to friends. All, all you people, you're your friends. Um, all right. What's the most rewarding part of motherhood for you right now? Um, honestly, I think, so I um, very typically do not, I get beat down very easily. I get overwhelmed very easily. Um, and there are many days where um, I feel like Satan tells me the lie that I am failing as a mom because there is no fruit. Um, and so recently, I have started to see a little bit of fruit in my older two boys. Um, and it has just been such a blessing just to go, oh, what I say did matter. And they did hear that. And they did see that. Um, and they're nine and they're eight. And so it's been a long road of feeling like, like I'm not seeing any fruit. Um, but they, they have started to, um, they've, they've really just started to grow. They, they both, um, by God's grace, accepted Jesus at camp. Um, a camp that they go to during the summer, and I'm so grateful for that, and I've really just started to see growth in them, um, just wanting to read their Bible and wanting to ask me questions about Jesus and about his word, and it's just, it's awesome. It's one of those moments that's like, oh my goodness, okay, am I going to say the right thing? I want to make sure that I get this right, but the Lord is just so good to just call me and go, hey, just talk about me with them. It's okay. They want to know, and that's huge. Um, and so uh, one thing I want to mention real quick with this, since we're talking about that, because um, I do feel like um, I'm not super strong in the prayer department. I've tried to grow in that area. Um, but one thing that I just started recently doing, and y'all probably picked up this sheet with these little miniature calendars from the back. Um, and you're probably like, what is that? I have no idea what that is. Um, but one thing that has helped me to really focus on um, reminding myself to, to train them up in God's word and to pray for them is I pick a verse for them to pray over them throughout the school year. Um, and I saw this idea on, um, on a Facebook group I'm in, and it really is just been really great for me. So I cut, yeah, thanks. So by each verse that I pick for them, um, so I have my kids color-coded, which y'all probably think is hilarious, but it helps me. <laughs> so like Asher's green. And so I cut out these little calendars, and each day that I open the Bible or each day that I pray that verse over them or pray for them, I just put a little check mark, just a visual reminder of, oh my goodness, this is what I'm here for. This is, this is what God has called me to do, is to pray for these kids and to, to, um, to pray for myself, to give them over to the Lord and to not, um, not try to control them, but to just be an encouragement to them and train them up. And so that's why I gave these to y'all. If that's something that would bless you guys, it's great. I am just a very visual person um, in that. And so that has... That has helped me recently to just refocus my mind and go, okay, I'm starting to see fruit. Let's keep that going. And what's better than praying about it? <laughs> so that's, that has definitely helped me. And the, and the verses that are up are different than the ones she's talking about. Those come later. So they're yes, awesome sorry, verses, those but come don't later. be confused. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we talked about the rewarding part of motherhood. What's the most challenging part of motherhood right now? Honestly, the chaos 
the loud, um, just the busy, the longing to be present and how to balance all the to-dos and all of the after-school stuff and really wanting to be all in with them, but knowing that I have other things that I need to get done as well. Um, and that is, that's hard. But um, a sweet friend just reminded me, like, motherhood is hard, but we can do hard things. Moms, we can do hard things because we have Jesus available to us. And he is the only reason that we can do these hard things and that we can be faithful in doing that. Um, and there are many days where at the end of the day, I just feel like, Lord, I totally failed again today. I just was telling my friend earlier, this week, I had a mommy tantrum. I did. I had a full-blown temper tantrum in front of my kids, y'all. Aaron's been out of town all week on business. It's been really rough. And I just lost it in front of my kids. It was so ugly. It was so ugly. But thank the Lord that I put myself in mommy timeout, which is me going to my room and sitting there with the door closed, crying and praying because I need that time. But my kids know, like I send them to timeout in their room when they do not have a happy heart or a good attitude or are disobeying. And so I do the same for me. And it sounds so funny, but they're like, Mom, my, my kids have actually said, Mommy, I think you might need to go to Mommy Timeout. <laughs> and they're so dead on. And it's so sad, but it's so humbling at the same time. Um, just to go, okay, Lord, I totally failed in that moment, but would you please redeem it? And to be able to go out to them and just go, hey, y'all, Mommy messed up. That is not how I want to be a mom to you guys. Those are not the words that you guys need to be hearing from my mouth. And I am so sorry, would you please forgive me? And um, it's just, it's very humbling and very sanctifying to go through that, especially with my older kids. Um, but thank the Lord that he does, he does that. And at the end of the day, when we're going through our highs and lows, it's very rare that they ever mention how much you yelled at me today. They always remember the fun and the good. And that is such um, such a blessing to me to go, okay, maybe, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is. And to really realize, you know, maybe Satan is feeding me that lie that I'm a really bad mom because of X, Y, and Z. And when really it needs to be, I'm a great mom because of what Christ has done in my life and what he's doing in my kid's life through me. And that's what I need to start focusing more on. So, um, give yourself grace. Just give yourself an abundance of grace. And I'm really bad at doing that for myself. But give yourself grace and realize not every day is going to be perfect. And there, it's, it's all going to be hard. But that's okay, that's okay because that's life. It's, it's probably not going to change. It's going to continue to be hard. Every season you're in is the hardest season you're going to have. <laughs> um, so give yourself grace to, to just go, okay. It's okay. I just, you know, I need to make things right with my kids if you need to, but. Okay. All right. If you could go back and talk to yourself as a new mom, what advice would you have? Okay. This is, um, this is a good one because um, I always tell myself, man, if I could go back to when I only had one kid, oh my goodness, I would get out and I would go to the store and it would be amazing. And it's so easy when you just have one. But when you're, when you're with just one kid, it's, 
it's all you know, and it is hard. It's so hard. And so, again, give yourself grace. Um, I think making the Lord, your time with the Lord a priority um, is, is key, and that is a struggle of mine. I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, but I had, I remember having a girlfriend tell me before I had kids, like, if you can figure out what works for you, as far as your quiet time goes now, before you have kids, it's going to make it a little bit easier. It's not going to be just super smooth and, you know, all wonderful and butterflies and hearts, but it will help you. And so, honestly, I think um, making that a priority, y'all, it's not going to be an hour every morning in the quiet. It's just not. I might get that once a month. Um, but when I'm up in the middle of the night feeding my baby, like I use that time, as she said, to either pray or um, I'll, get, I'll get my phone out and go to the Bible app and there's awesome Bible plans in there that are super quick but just filled with truth. Um, and so I would just encourage you to do that. I also, um, a lot of times, I'll leave my journal and my Bible open on our kitchen counter during the day so that I can just... As I'm making lunch, or if I get five or ten minutes when somebody's not pulling at my leg, um, just to just to get something quick in. But I think really just letting yourself go that it, letting it go that it needs to be this perfect setup with your hot coffee first thing in the morning on the patio with a cool breeze. Like that's so not realistic <laughs> for for really probably any stage of of this stage that we're in with these little people that just need us all the time. Um, and so I would just encourage you to do that. Um, and then just, just let go of the false pressure that you have to have it all together. You don't. Nobody does. If you're seeing pictures on Instagram of moms that look like they have it all together, you're not getting the reality of that because nobody does. My, I, I have posted pictures in the past of dishes Literally an entire counterful of dirty dishes that have not been done in four days because that's life. That is life. Um, and so just get rid of that false um, pressure to just have it all together and let people come to your house when it's messy. It's okay. There's no judgment. I mean, I say this. I say this for myself. There is no judgment. And if you want to come to my house and, my, and, judge, and judge my house, absolutely, I will not be offended because I know what it looks like because I live in it every day, um, you know? So, but just give yourself grace and just um, reach out to friends if you need help too. That was another thing um, that I didn't do great at at first and have gotten better at just putting aside that pride and um, just reaching out and saying, y'all, I need help. Whether it's, I need y'all to pray for me. Can someone come over right now? I just, I need 10 minutes of just silence and I can't get that. Or whatever that is. Um, if you have a husband that travels, let your friends help you. They want to. Because we all know what it's like. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say for a new mom or a first time mom. Or even a mom that just has a bunch of littles at home at the same time. If you had all yours back to back to back. Um, let people help you. That's, that's, you know, that's the, the motherhood family that we have is we all, we all want to help each other, I think. Yeah, that's great. All right. And we, you talked a little bit about this. Do you ever lose it with your kids? (laughs) (laughs) Those who know me well know that anger and, um, my temper is my biggest sin struggle for sure. 
um, didn't realize that till I had kids, oddly <laughs> enough. I was perfectly happy before that. I don't know what happened. Um, but it is. It, it, is um, it is a constant battle for me, for sure. I lose my cool. Um, it is definitely the most humbling, sanctifying part of my day, um, is losing my cool with my boys, especially yelling at them, seeing that I clearly hurt their hearts, which is just breaks my heart in that moment for sure. Um, and having the opportunity to walk through that reconciliation process with them um, is just such a blessing, but very, very humbling. Um, I have also given my boys, my older two boys, permission if I'm starting to get very loud and out of control to come put their hand on my shoulder and say, mommy, I think you're feeling overwhelmed right now. And just, and honestly, like, I, I pray for that. I pray that they do that because I don't want to be that mom. I don't think any of us want to be that mom. If you're in here and you struggle with that, I don't think that we want to be that mom. Um, but the days just get so overwhelming and it just happens. And so thank the Lord that, um, that we have that reconciliation that we can, that we can process with them. Um, and, and, you know, I also have a group of girlfriends and my husband, when it's real bad, that I will text and I will say, this is exactly what happened. This is what I said. I really need you all to pray for me right now because I really feel like I'm going to lose it real bad. Um, and they ha- they're all so faithful to encourage me and to pray for me and to, to not make me feel like I'm this horrible mom because this is a struggle for me. Um, just, and, and I think that, that we all need people like that in our lives. If you don't have someone that you can go to with your biggest struggle, find someone, come talk to one of us here, something, um, because it really, it, it takes me out of that moment to just a step back and go, okay, it's okay. Just breathe. The Lord is here. Jesus, you need to show up. He's already here. Help me. You know, and and obviously the prayers that they that they send me over text or Bible verses that they send me, just really kind of take me back to where I want to be, which is just abiding with the Lord and being that sweet, grace-filled mom that I think we all really want to be. Okay, so I'm going to s- switch gears for a yeah. second. So let's talk about how you keep your marriage with Aaron a priority. And there's a slide that goes with this. There's some questions on it. It's the typed one. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about your marriage. Yeah. So we have, um, we try really hard to do one date night a month. Um, we either pay for a babysitter or we do a date night swap with another mom friend where she'll come over and do the whole bedtime routine with my kids while her hubby is at home with their kids. And then we swap and I do the same for her, which is awesome. And Um, free. And free, which is also amazing. Um, But we, so Tim and Emily Lorkey used to go to Watermark um, and they have a blog called Today's Letters. And these are five questions that they started asking themselves um, every Tuesday night on their date night, um, just after a really hard season of marriage for them. And so Aaron and I really try on our date nights to go through these questions. 
um, and just to help us refocus on where we are at as a couple. And sometimes, honestly, it's really hard to answer some of these because I do not feel like I've loved him well. Um, but uh, it's, it always sparks such great communication and, um, and just great time of really gauging where each of our hearts are at and, um, and how we can really pursue each other and pray for each other and be there for each other. Um, I feel like we are a great team. Um, we are not perfect by any means. We definitely have our struggles, but I feel like we just, our personalities really mesh well together. Um, and so, but these questions have really helped. And I think it helps us to, to, to know like, oh yeah, we're gonna talk about these questions. How can I really focus on those and take a couple minutes to, um, you know, just to encourage him or find out where he's at with work. Is he stressed? That kind of stuff. And the same on the other end as well. So that definitely helps for sure. Great. All right, let's talk about, we're going to kind of take two, two questions and put into one. So tell them how you recharge and then how you spend time with the Lord in this stage of life. Yes. So I briefly mentioned a little bit about how I spend time with the Lord um, on a day-to-day um, it's a lot of little just bits and pieces when I can get it. Um, I'll put on worship music when I'm doing the dishes or cleaning the house or folding the endless laundry um, because those are just mundane things and I really need something to uplift me because it's not really what I want to be doing with my time, <laughs> which I think we probably all can agree on that. Um, but as far as really recharging, um, I consider myself to be an outgoing introvert. So I love to be around people. I love to have meaningful conversations. Um, but I really recharge and refresh by just being by myself with my headphones. And I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to call anybody. I don't have to see anybody I know. Um, which I don't, you know, that's just, that's how I refresh. And so... Um, I'm so grateful for a husband who recognizes that because he is very extroverted. And so he does not understand at all why I need to be by myself. But he, he um, is a blessing in the fact that ever since, we've, since my oldest was born, um, we give each other one night away per week when we can um, and I literally just leave the house as soon as he walks in the door and he does all the dinner and bedtime routine with the kids and I go out and I will go sit at a coffee shop or, um, sometimes I'll come up here to Watermark when it's not super busy, um, and just spend an extended amount of time praying and journaling, reading, um, just spending time refreshing and renewing my mind. Um, and so that is hard to do consistently, but if, if I really am starting to, to really feel overwhelmed, then I just need to ask him and say, hey, babe, can I get out this week? And he is gracious to give me that time, and he knows that I need it. Um, summers are hard because... All the kids are home all day long. <laughs> and I love my children, but it is hard. And so one thing that I try to do during the summer so I'm not taking up nights is um, I try to find a friend who can do a kid swap. So I'll take her kids at my house one morning for a few hours and she gets a break and then she'll take my kids at her house one morning for a few hours and I'll go get a break. 
Um, I do not use any of this time to go run errands. I do not go to the store. I do not um, go anything that I need to get done. I don't do that it's during this time. It's not to-do list time. That is, yeah. It is, this is my time to refresh in God's word. Um, and so that has, that, that's really been the best Okay, so, thing. so for the moms that just have one, they're thinking like, you have four kids, your friend might have four kids. This sounds like utter chaos. <laughs> like how, how, does, how, is, how does this work? I think there's probably other moms in here that have maybe multiple kids that get this. We're getting rain, rain ladies. really loud. <laughs> um, oddly enough, the more kids that I have at my house, the more things I get done on my to-do list because all the kids are playing with each other and not nagging me for things or coming and asking me multiple questions. So I know it sounds crazy and it makes no sense, but I've never not had a time where I have all these, you know, seven or eight kids in my house and all they want to do is be around me the whole time. They just want to be around each other playing. And half the time I don't even see them. They're back in one of the bedrooms building Legos or playing outside in the backyard. And so it really honestly is a great opportunity for me to get the dishes done and the laundry folded and put away without taking away the time that I really want to spend with my kids when I have just them at home. So y'all can help Jill out. Just call her and say, can, hey, can I bring my kids over? I would love that. I would love <laughs> to help, help you with productive. that. <laughs> okay, we're going to end with, go back to the handwritten verses on the slide. We're going to let you explain these verses to the ladies. Um, so this top first verse on here, a sweet friend of mine sent that to me after, I'm pretty sure it was um, after a text string of just a really hard day. I just had been crying. I had lashed out at my kids. And she sent this verse, um, those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. And um, I just remember, and I wrote it down because I want to read it because I really, this, it's just a prayer um, that I wrote after, on that day after she sent me that verse because it so applies to motherhood. And I just wrote, life is overwhelming Lord, all the to-dos, all the noise. I know one day our home will be quiet and I will cry tears of sadness because everyone will be grown and gone. But my tears right now are because life can just be so overwhelming. Help me, Lord, to see the bigger picture. Help me to continue to plant your truths through those tears. Please don't let me give up. Um, and I just, I feel like I could like just pray that verse every single day. Of, of my life because it applies every single day of my life. And so um, I just, I love that verse. Uh, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that goes back, I think, to JP's quote that you gave earlier. Um, you know, I think we just wanna, we want to be this strong mom who's got it together. And that's not what Christ calls us to. He wants, he wants us to see our weakness and take that and take it to him. Um, and yes. Okay. I'm, I'm getting that we need to wrap things yes. up. But I think it's, I mean, we did this completely independently. She's got Galatians 6, 9 on there, which I quoted. She's got verses about trust. And it, it's just, it's amazing to me how the Lord worked all this out. Um, it's not by accident. But. It's been great. Thank you so yes, much for so coming fun. up and sharing. And so, like, if, if you need, like, a real-life mom in the trenches with you, 
She's your gal. Um, okay, ladies, I'm going to pray real quick and then let y'all have time to talk. So, dear Lord, thank you so much for all these women that are here. Lord, just help them to leave knowing that what they're doing matters and that they can't do it in their own strength. We just thank you that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, here so that we don't have to mother alone. And just help us to leave remembering that motherhood is a gift and it's a gift from you. So we thank you for this. And just I would pray that the rain would stop when all these moms have to take their kids to the car. In Christ's name, amen.